and welcome to the After Sermon Podcast, where this week we're celebrating the Christmas holiday with our ASP Christmas special. Join us as we learn all about Christmas. Hello and welcome to this festive edition of the After Sermon Podcast, we we are celebrating the best holiday of the year, we're celebrating Christmas, it's our Christmas special, and because it's such a special occasion, not only are we doing special things, we also have special guests with us to fit the occasion. So, uh, first of all, he has blonde hair and refers to himself and identifies as a barn owl, it's... What? No, Christopher, I used the barn owl analogy... To try and fix your statement that I'm common. <laughs> you called me common, Christopher. Like you're some kind of woman upper class man. I'm, I'm some kind of common man. So anyway, I'm not a barn owl. <laughs> I just want to clear up for our audience, right? We all have video and we can see each other. Um, so we, we, all know, we all know that I'm not a barn owl. But you out there... You poor, unsuspecting fools. <laughs> you might not know that I'm actually a human. <laughs> My name is Mitchell, and I'm nice. It's glad I'm glad to meet you. Uh, glad to talk to you. Well, uh, yes. Thank you. Aside from uh, calling our listeners fools, which I cannot tolerate, Mr. Santa, <laughs> uh, I will go to our next guest, who will hopefully be a bit more polite to our listeners, uh, Miss Kiralee Josie. How you been? Oh, I'm good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And of course, yep. what After Sermon podcast would be complete without the presence of Mr. Jesse Marks? Hello, everybody. Yes, I'm good as well. Yeah. That. I'm. Yeah. That's it. I'm good. Nice. <coughs> <laughs> well, here's what we have in store for all of you uh, listeners. We decided that we just kind of wanted to share what our year has kind of been like. Uh, a lot of exciting things have happened to us on the podcast and uh, really for Mighty Warrior Ministries as a whole. And so we kind of wanted to share with you what we're thankful for and all of the blessings that God has given us throughout the year. So what we're going to be doing, first of all, we're going to talk about two of our favorite articles. Uh, I didn't specify this. I'm hoping no one picked their own article because we're not doing self grandiose. <laughs> but um, come on, <laughs> both of them. No. So what we'll be doing is talking about the other articles that pe- other people wrote that we really found impactful for ourselves, and talking about why it resonated with us, and yeah, why it was so significant to us. And hopefully, if you haven't read these articles, it will encourage you to go and read them as well. So that's what we'll start off with. And then we also are going to share some stories of things that God has done for us uh, in our lives this year. I think it's really important that uh, we get the opportunity to share all the blessings that God has for us. And so, yeah, we wanted to take this time to really demonstrate to you listeners at home, like, really how active and alive God is in all of our lives. You know, we often think of God in abstract terms, but when you hear, you know, what God has done for people in their lives, he really feels very present and very real. So that's kind of what we want to uh, give to you today, that kind of um, opportunity uh, to listen in as we just, yeah, share and talk. So 
let's just get right into it. Let's start off with our favorite articles. And uh, Mitchell, I might start off with you. All right. Um, so, my favorite article. I picked this one. I was thinking to myself, what like what defines my favorite article to me? And I was like, man, that's like Ooh. honestly, and I can say this honestly. Every article I've read has had some, you know, impact on me, or it's had some meaning that I didn't know before. And and I'm not I'm not even just saying that because you know I'm part of the website or whatever. I'm saying that because that's, that's <laughs> genuine for me. It's like every everything I've read has had something in it for me. Um, and mm. so I was trying to think, trying to work out like what what really defines my favorite article. Well, I was thinking thinking back, and this one actually uh, has had an impact that I forgot about, but I've sort of continued, the impact has continued since I read it. Um, it's called, well, it's in the category Lifestyle from author Emily, and its, uh, it's title is From Tribulation to Peace. Um, so, this article, I liked it a lot, because, well, it starts off with a story. I'm going to have a really quick summary of the article. So it's about this guy named Horatio G. Spafford. I don't know what G stands for. I bet it's his middle name. But <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, so Horatio... <laughs> Hor- Hor- Horatio... Now, this is actually a really sad story, so let's, let's get ourselves in a good, good attitude here. Anyway, All right, Horatio, Horatio uh, has a pretty sad story. He lost... One of his kids um, to diseased and pneumonia, and then anyway later on, they were doing business or traveling or something, and his his wife and his four daughters I think, they were on a boat sailing across the ocean from uh, America over to uh, yeah to Europe. Um, anyway, and they're on this boat, and the boat collided with another boat. So this is his whole family on this boat. Boat collided and basically the boat sank, and so all his daughters died, um, and his wife somehow survived, and she she was found by a sailor on a plank of wood, um, floating on the ocean. Anyway, so she survived. So Horatio has got on the next boat and he's gone across the ocean to try and go and meet his wife because you know it'd be pretty horrible for her to be on her own. It's it'd obviously be pretty horrible for him to be on his own too. So that he goes across to meet her. Um, and anyway, the story goes that while he's sailing across the ocean in what would be probably the most, you know, miserable, hopeless time of his life, uh, he writes the song, It Is Well With My Soul. And the reason I've picked this article is because I've sort of, I didn't re- I actually remembered this when I read this article again, is that I have been singing that song since, like, regularly, and it's just sort of become part of my... Part of my daily thinking, like that, the you know the um, the lyrics come into my mind when it just just throughout the day um, since I read this. So it sort of had a pretty constant and persistent impact on my life, and um, it was cool. And one of the other really nice things that it talks about in the article is um, there's a verse in Matthew chapter 11, and says, uh, "Take so Jesus says, come to me, all who who all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And what it's saying is, um, well, what the article says is that Jesus, you know, he's he's here to give us rest, 
and we have this burden on us, this yoke on us, right? And it's like drawing us down to the ground, and it's just too much for us to bear. And he comes along, and he just sort of takes part of the yoke, and he lifts it up, lifts it off our shoulders, lifts it off our minds, and, you know, carries it with us. And that's, yeah, that's just a really cool message. Um, and Yeah, so anyway, I picked it because it's become a pretty, it's woven itself into the way I live my life now. So... Now, yeah, cool. that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I reckon for our listeners at home, go check out that article, but also if you're not familiar with the song, go listen to yep. the song because mm. it's great. Yeah, I, I can really understand why it's a cat, it's got a catchy tune, but more importantly, the words are just so powerful as you kind of describe. And, and that's it. And like, I've, I know I've known the song before and there've been times where like, you know, the chorus has come into my mind and it's been like, oh, that's a nice chorus. But when I read this article, it's like, whoa, there's a whole other depth to this song. There's, there's a whole other depth that you mm. can take from it. And now every time you, th- you sing the song, you remember that extra information, the, the extra meaning to it. Um, yeah. Oh, and I've got, uh, is it time to do a, like, I, I'll, I won't do like a long talk about it, but there's a second. Runner-up? A, a runner-up. Well, I've got one runner-up that I'm going to name. Uh, how, how about we save our runner-ups right. after we go four right, rounds? let's do that. And we can all reveal. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> so, let's go on to Kira. What was your favorite article? Um. So I was went to the website the other day, looking at all the articles, and a new one had actually shown up, and that was by Mitchell. Um. Hey. And that was "Be Strong and Courageous." Um. And um, it's sort of that verse that it's based around Joshua one verse nine. Mm. Um, has been a really big theme in my life. Um, this year and reading it, it just really resonated with me because it's, you know, talking about that theme about Joshua and about being strong in our own lives. And yeah, that just really, really got me. So changed my mind about what I was going to say last minute. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that. Yeah, that's awesome. Our last minute (laughs) ducked in there right at the end. (laughs) I I thought I I knew my articles. Nah. (laughs) Nah, not even close. And well, yeah, um... For our listeners at home who maybe don't know, we have probably, I think, because uh, I just recently did the same, went through and checked out, oh my goodness, there's so many articles. <laughs> I, think we've got, I think we've got a little under 30 articles for you guys to check out, and they cover all sorts of different uh, categories and all different writers, so there's definitely something there that will interest you, so go check it out for sure. Mm. All right, Mr. Jesse, how about you? Sure. Um, well, yeah, the author of my f- uh, favorite article is with us today as well. It's Kira Lee, Josie. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the article um, is actually Joy in the Mundane. So, ah, nice. Yeah, which I thought was really good. Um, yeah, so essentially I chose it because it it really, oh, it really uh, resonated with my life this year. Um, mm. So for anyone who doesn't know, I, I was studying theology last year, but... I took a year off just to get a bit of life experience and a few other things, and I've I've definitely got a bit of that this year. Uh, I've worked a few different jobs, in oh ranging from uh, many things like Kira. I I did a bit of cleaning, did a bit of cleaning work. I also worked as a groundskeeper for a little bit, so mowing, whippersnipping. Uh, I for one week I actually helped uh, this guy from my church. He runs sort of like a youth camp. Um, where hundreds of kids come in to do canoeing, uh, walking, camping, 
campfire, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I helped them out with the food and driving the food to the various different campsites. So that was interesting. Um, and currently, right now, I'm actually working at Sanitarium packing wheat bicks. So, <laughs> yeah, no, had a few different jobs. But, um, yeah, a lot of those jobs, well, some of them have been interesting. Some of them are on the more less side of interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for example, uh, I'm sure, you know, you can testify to this, Kira. Cleaning isn't the most glorious job in the world. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're working in a primary school, that that can get a bit rough sometimes. Oh no! Yeah, <clears throat> but um, you know what? Yeah, like you said, so many good things to say in the article. Um, something that's always stood out to me in the fruits of the spirit is joy. It's one of the fruits of the spirit, and this year I've had a lot of time to think about that. And like, honestly, I've been blown away by the people that do these jobs. For example, the the job I'm working at now, um, it's pretty mundane. Before I started the job, actually, a, f- a friend of mine said, oh, are you sure you want to do this? I, I've, I know this guy who works there. He said, it's pretty much the most mindless job you can do in the world. I'm like, okay, good motivational start to get working in sanitarium. <laughs> but um, no, I, I still went. And yeah, like I was blown away. The people that work there, sure, like they have the bad days, but usually they're very happy. They're, they're content. This one guy, he's been working there for almost 46 years, I believe. What? The same same factory, same job, pretty much, 46 years. And he still comes to work with a smile on his face. And, uh, yeah, it's like, man, here I am. I've only been working here, I don't know, probably been working a couple of months now. And like, oh, okay, I, I can't wait to sort of get out of here. But no, they've been working there their entire lives, and um, they, they're content, I suppose. I guess they have to be, but no, that they're content. And there's like there's other aspects of the job as well. We have to clean the ovens, uh, and it's a really really rough job. So, first of all, anyone with claustrophobia is out of the picture. <laughs> um, oh my goodness! Yeah, <clears throat> you climb inside the ovens. Yeah, so <laughs> no, <laughs> like just yeah, trying to describe. Like it's pretty, it's pretty narrow. You have to like crawl through. You can't spread out or anything. Uh, and um, what you have to do is terrifying. you have to, yeah, you have to get the broom and like a, a scrape essentially, and come in. You have to push all the burnt wheat the whole way through the oven. And you the oven like is a like glorified chimney sweep. <laughs> pretty, it's pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> and like it's really hot. It's like forty degrees. So, especially in summer. The, oh legally, goodness. you're not allowed to go in there if it's above 40 degrees, so we have to wait it out. And as soon as it ticks 40, you're like, get in there, get in there. So you <laughs> get in there and you're, you're pushing and you're sweating and you're scraping and it's dark as well, so you have to get the, like a flashlight to shine the way. What? Anyways, the the thing is, like, it's the worst job by far you do it's at, like, working at the factory. But this guy, oh, I cannot believe it. He, he's come in... Because usually they roster the shifts, so technically you're only meant to do the cleaning shift every Friday, every second week Friday. So you don't do it every Friday. But this guy, we've been a bit short in staff. So this guy has come in for the past eight weeks every single Friday, and he takes the the like the duty of cleaning the ovens from everybody else. He's like, "No, nah, you you don't need to do it. I'll do it for you." And I'm like, <laughs> far out. This this guy's absolutely incredible, and he's always happy singing in the factory like man like that's that's what it could be and like 
it really inspired me. Like it convicted me and it inspired <coughs> me. And reading your article really helped as well. Like, you know what? People, oh, so many people around the world do these kind of jobs every day. And that's all they will ever do for their entire life. And if you go to work like that, miserable, it ruins your life. Like Kira said, there's a line you said, like you end up wishing your life away, which I've been thinking about a little bit. Like you're living for the weekend. It's like, man, that's two out of seven days a week. That's, that's not life. If you're working, yeah, if you're working at the factory, that that's your life. So make the most out of it. And no, like it's been a journey, but no, a great article. So thanks, Kira. Thank you. Yeah, so my favorite article is in a similar strain to Jesse's, and that is because it's the exact same article. Uh, my favorite one was Join the Mundane. Man. And <laughs> Sorry, I have a story about that, but that's for later. <laughs> well, see, I think um, for me, like, I do the occasional mundane activity, but it's not like... I don't know, I guess if you consider reading books all day mundane, sure, but, like, it's not menial tasks, I don't do a whole lot of that, so uh, I don't relate to it so much on that level, even though it is very much, you know, applicable to everyone when they have to do mundane tasks. I think I kind of like it more on a metatextual level, if that makes sense, in that I kind of appreciate the like the the context in which the article was made if that makes sense the context here being kira <laughs> if that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> and like um i don't know how much uh you want me to share so i'll keep things vague but basically no go for it okay basically um kira put out this article uh and it was uh, really great i read it we were on semester break at the time and I read the article, and I was just like, that's great, you know, I love that. Um, and I'm not sure if it was the the same day or the day after. Oh, yeah, pretty pretty soon after. Pretty soon after, um, mm. Kira uh, just gave, like, a prayer request to uh, some of our college friends in a group chat saying, like, hey, some difficulties have kind of come up over the break because uh, Kira often cleans during the break to make money. Uh and essentially, um, her whole article had been about finding the joy in menial tasks and doing things for God and service to other people. And at the, the very next moment, she, she says to us in like, uh, this group chat that she has been falsely accused of basically slacking off, being lazy in her work, and encouraging other people to do so. And uh, of course, no, <laughs> and of course, like that creates tensions between uh, yourself as an employee and your employer. And so, uh, for obvious reasons, Kira was very much, you know, quite distraught about that because she'd been accused of something falsely when just before, like, she'd written this whole article about doing things for God and service to others. And I remember being super mad. I was like, I'm going to call them. I'll call them. Just say the word. I'll call them. And I'm like, I will send them the link. Because it was just, it was so absurd to me. You know, I found it so absurd. Um, And like, you can read the article for yourselves. Like, it's so sincere. And you can tell it's clearly coming from a place of just genuine thought and contemplation. Um, And the very next thing, you know, uh, Kira had been accused of the opposite. And I just found that so um, 
interesting, but I, I think what was also inspiring was that despite uh, those false accusations, like you didn't let it, you know, bog you down and you just kept doing what you were doing. You know, you didn't, you still found the joy in the mundane, even despite being accused of not doing so. So I, uh, I think what I really like about the article, the article itself is great, but I also, I think I enjoy it more knowing the place that it came from and kind of the context uh, that surrounds that story, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, those were our favorite articles, but let's go to our runner-ups quickly, give the name, give uh, the author who wrote it, and in one sentence why you like it, starting with Mitchell, and we'll go around same as we just did. All right, so my runner-up was... Uh, give me one second. <laughs> I know the article, I just don't know the name. All right, are you ready? The article is Measuring Evangelistic Success, and that's by our, uh, our friend here, Christopher Peterson. Uh, so it's basically, it really uh, surprised me, because I read it and I was like, all right, this is an article for people in ministry. This is an article for people who have this sort of, you know, this is the, this is the point of their life, and it's sort of like the direction they're going. Um, and anyway, it just sort of really struck me. It was like, wow, you can apply this to anything. Um, the idea that, you know, even, even though we might work really, 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 really hard in our life, you may never see the result. That doesn't mean that there wasn't a result. Because sometimes the results are kind of hidden under the earth, or you know, before they're about to spring up and grow into a full, full-on plant and then be harvested. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good article, and it made me, it gave me a bit of peace in just keeping on as I am and doing the best I can with what I got. Because even if I don't see results, they're nice. there. No worries. Well, Thanks, uh, by the way, that sentence had a lot of semicolons. But anyway, going on to Kira. <laughs> um, yeah, my favorite, well, second favorite, was um, Almost, and that was also by Christopher. Um, and basically, I just like the idea that you can't be an almost Christian. Mm. And that's sort of something that I do a lot in my life. I'm like, oh, it's almost good enough. So, like, you know, um, or things like that. So it's just good to be reminded that you have to go the full way. Mm. Nice. How about you, Jesse? Yeah, my first choice was really easy for me, but um, second choice I had a bit of, bit of trouble with. Um, but honestly, probably uh, I have to go with one of Kira's articles again. Um, Famous Last Words. Like, first of all, the title just really caught my attention. I was like, oh, I, I like fam- Famous Last Words, so I'll look at that up. Um, but no, I thought it was really, really smart. A good segue from interesting Famous Last Words said by people to the most famous and the greatest of all uh, famous last saying by Jesus, of course. Um, I thought that, yeah, that was brilliant. And like a good gospel end off to the, the article as well, which is always great. Um, but it also reminded me of this really great sermon that I listened to as well um, about Jesus' famous last words. I probably can't get into it too much detail here, but no, like really great article. Thanks. <clears throat> nice. Well, uh, Jesse, I don't know. You must have like we must have compared notes because I also had famous last words oh. as my runner-up. But you've said, I feel like you've uh, pretty well summarized. So I had a second runner-up. I'm cheating a bit. Uh, and that would be Addiction by Mitchell. I really, first of all, uh, your bread story, I was just like, yes, I like the bread story at the start. And um, the way that you really kind of give like, 
a medical but also a spiritual view of what happens to you know like the human mind when it gets addicted to things and how to overcome that I found to be really interesting and really helpful for all of us because I think like a lot of the time we think of addiction in terms of like drugs or alcohol you know it could be that for some people but there are a lot of smaller things in our lives that we can I think everyone would kind of be kidding themselves if they said they didn't have even a small addiction to something you know whether that's entertainment or food or uh, every uh, our brain is just as you kind of explain naturally wired to create these connections to an extent so I think it's a really useful article for everyone Hmm. Awesome. Well, that was really interesting hearing uh, both the diversity and similarities in um, <laughs> the things that really stuck out to us. So that was really interesting. And of course, once again, guys, uh, if some of these topics interested you and you want to learn more about them, go to mightywarrior.org and you can find all these articles and even more there. So make sure to go check those out. Yes, I should do that. I will do that. <laughs> That's very good. So, uh, now let's get into, yeah, some just some stories um, of things that God has really done for us this year. So, uh, does someone want to start off first? We might go in a different order. Kira, do you want to go? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so... This year has been maybe, I'm an optimist, but maybe one of the most difficult years I've ever had. Mm. Um, just because you guys know the song, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Mm. Um, yeah. So it was like that, except I got knocked down, I got up again, and then I got immediately knocked back down again. Oh. <laughs> um, so um, that, that's the way it seemed for a little while. Um, you know, like I had lost, nearly lost, well, I had to resign from one job, um, and nearly lost another in a very short space of time, um, my dad had major surgery, um, so there was just thing after thing that was going on, um, but going back to what Christopher was saying, I think the toughest thing, and it was really weird to hear you say that, like, I handled it well, because (laughs) inside I wasn't handling it well. Um, I'm a very, I don't know, like, I I like to think that my self-esteem is not connected to my work, but then you see the way that I talk about, like, everything, and it's obvious that it is. Um, so, I had that whole problem with my job, and my self-confidence was really, really knocked down. Um, I had two weeks at home before I was meant to go and do my teaching prac, so that was going to be three weeks, teaching year seven and eight in a school and practice terrifying at the best <laughs> of times um but then not having any self-confidence at all made it even worse um so i was like spent these two weeks before practice i was thinking i was like can i drop out like not even a joke can i can i defer my course and then just do this another time because mentally i feel as though i cannot and this is where Mitchell's article comes in. Um, I was thinking, um, looking to the Bible for inspiration, and I saw that verse in Joshua. I thought of it, um, be strong and courageous. So I started reading through the book of Joshua, um, which talks about um, the Israelites going into this foreign land called Canaan, and it has a bunch of battles, and basically the people are calling on God for their strength. And that really inspired me as I went into my prac. And it 
seriously, like, my strength through that prac was just coming from God. It wasn't coming from me. Um, because standing up in front of a classroom kids is daunting, you know, normally at the best of times. But seriously, I would do it and I wouldn't feel too bad. You know, like, I was a bit shaky because on prac, after every lesson you teach, you get a review. Um, so you might get, like, three or four debriefs a day. And if you're being told that you're terrible four times a day, not good news. Mm-hmm. Um, so... thankfully that wasn't happening I was getting pretty okay feedback um and then I went into the next semester sorry long story and um I started I don't know my self-confidence was still really knocked I had to go back to the job in a capacity and that was terrifying um going into that place of work again feeling vulnerable feeling really worried about it um and that put me in a place where I kept doubting myself so seriously all of my confidence um, everything I was able to do just came all from God. Mm. It wasn't coming mm. from me. Um, even, like, study-wise, like, I got everything done with, like, little to no stress. And um, it was just really cool seeing God work because I know it sure wasn't me working. Mm. So, yeah. Man, that's amazing, yeah. I think what's interesting, I just realized that then, like, 10 seconds ago or whatever I think was like maybe the second time I went mm, the whole time and I think that's because like I was just kind of captivated the whole time you're talking it's really there's something really powerful about hearing just yeah how God works in people's lives and mm. that's really awesome to hear like God bring you through even though as you said it was a really difficult year that's awesome mm. Mm. nice well Jesse how about you what's what happened in your life this year Sure. Um, I feel like I've already sort of said a little bit about what happened. But yeah, so in terms um, of church-related stuff, I thought I'd talk a little bit about that. So yeah, as I took time off theology and just, I guess, joined the workforce, essentially, um, it took a bit of time to adjust to things. Because I'd gone from the last two years doing full-time ministry to essentially not really doing any kind of ministry at all. I like besides what I can do in a church, essentially. So, like, from full-time ministry to full-time work, it was a little bit different, um, adjusting. And to be honest, after I left theology, I was pretty pretty burnt out. I was pretty tired, and I thought, okay, God, I'm just going to take a little bit of a break first. Uh, I'm not really going to get involved too much. I'll do, you know, guitar maybe here or there, I'll take a Sabbath school lesson here or there, but I won't get involved too much. I'll just let me breathe first um, after, take a break. So I did that for a while, um, but honestly, I, that time probably lingered a bit too much, and I felt like I, I needed to get back into being more involved in church. Honestly, I think even it took a little bit of a spiritual toll, if I'm completely honest. I think it's important that we're involved, um, and even if you're you're burnt out, it's important to take out time, but yeah, don't. I guess my advice to anyone out there is don't let that time linger on too too long to the point where you you start being affected by your lack of activity anyway so i was i was praying about what to do okay i was like god okay i'm working now obviously i can't do too much but i want to do something and um god had really put in my heart to do more service related activities like many times i've taken bibles to lessons i've preached i've done all that sort of thing but i never really helped people i felt in like a real practical tangible way and i really wanted to do something like that and um it just happened that um 
this guy from Canada was invited to the, the my conference, the Queensland conference, to talk about this thing called servolution, and this thing that he'd been doing in East Church. Maybe you've heard about it. He essentially is a church from a church in Canada where they completely revolutionized the way they did church and they focused on serving people and they have a, a whole range of different ways to serve. They, uh, I know they had mechanics who are part of the church that did free mechanics for any, any person in need and a person wow. needed car work. Yeah. Which is incredible. They even got to the stage where they're doing house renovations and like people from the church and people from the, yeah, it's incredible. Hey, eh? people from the community came and joined the church to help out. Uh, people were donating heaps of money. It just became a church focused on serving. And obviously, you could you can imagine God blessed that. And the church grew and it grew and it grew. And now, I believe, the facility that from like the growth of people that have joined the church, they bought this really high-tech facility with recreational uh, spaces like basketball and house lodging for people who need to stay and there's like official car mechanic uh, garages now and really it's the whole church built around serving essentially and the challenge was to our conference that we need to implement more serving in our churches so i was like okay god this is this is sort of cool because i had considered doing some kind of stuff outside the church but i thought man wouldn't it be cool if i could just do service in my local church and it kind of bummed me out that i i couldn't do that but then this thing came and uh, my pastor said, you know, guys, let's get on this. And it took a bit of while to get the feet, feet rolling, um, feet moving. But eventually it culminated just a couple of months ago with our teen Sabbath school, actually doing something that we, we all did for our audience at home down at North New South Wales, a big camp that our church does. Stormco, but like uh, uh, Stormco to people's houses. Um, Chris, Chris led that up this year. So yeah, we actually started doing that in our teen Sabbath school group, and we're hoping to nice. grow it from the, just the teens and the youth to the whole church. And yeah, we've already made a few contacts, which is pretty cool. We're planning another one pretty soon. Uh, we've had more people join our youth just purely because we're actually doing something in the youth, and they said they really like that. So yeah, honestly, it's been pretty encouraging. Um, yeah, just to see sort of like my desire and my I, honestly, I probably shouldn't have prayed about it enough, but I did pray about it, and um, God, God, yeah, God answered, which I thought was really cool. So, yeah, that's something for me, I guess, this year. Awesome, yeah, that's really cool to hear. <clears throat> nice. Well, uh, I guess I'll share. For me, this year, I think what I've noticed since I've come to college, um, and this being my second year, is that God just... Uh, keeps throwing up opportunities for me uh and i know they're from god because they're like the biggest coincidences ever and 95 percent of the time i've not actively gone out of my way to pursue any of these things they've just mm-hmm. fell right into my lap and i've been like hey is this you okay okay I'll, you know i'll go for <laughs> it and um I'd, through a long series of events that were never supposed to take place and um, were purely by God. Uh, I ended up at summer camp this year, at the very beginning of the year in January. And I've never actually attended a summer camp uh, as a camper or as staff. So this is my first time. 
But, and you can ask Kira this, I actually was not keen to go to begin with. I was just like... <laughs> nope. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't want to hang around with kids for two weeks. And uh, my big thing was, oh, I don't want to be without internet. I really like the internet. <laughs> uh, I was just like really mopey about it. But leading up to it, I thought, well, if I'm going, I might as well like, you know, do the best I can with it. I'm going to be here two weeks, so there's no no point in being a mope about it all and so I actually like uh really started to get into it uh leading up to it and actually the very next week I had to preach a sermon or two weeks later I'd have to preach a sermon so I thought to myself I'm gonna have no time to write a sermon while these kids are here like I'm looking after campers um yeah I was a staff I should probably clarify I was a staff member looking after campers And so I just, the day before they came, I started, you know, researching and ended up in the book of Philemon or Philemon, depending how you want to say it. And the, the whole book really is about what love really is. Uh, and the whole time Paul is writing to this guy Philemon and he says like, I've heard about how loving you are. We praise you for how loving you are. You know, we're thankful for all the love you show people. And he says, for love's sake, can you do a favor for me? Uh, and at the very end, Paul says to Philemon, I know that you will not only do what I've asked, but that you will do even more, or, you know, you'll go above and beyond what I've asked to show love. And that really struck me, and it kind of uh, led to, I suppose, a bit of a discovery for me, a bit of a, like, revelation that, and we, me and Mitchell talked about this in our last episode, which you should check out uh, briefly, that love is not doing the is not the absence of bad things or it's not not doing bad things uh that's just being like a decent human being if that you know well i didn't lie or i didn't steal today or i didn't murder today like okay but that doesn't make you a good person and more importantly it doesn't make you a loving person and yet that's the standard that i'd been using you know every night before i go to sleep you know am i a good person well i didn't do bad things today but that's not the standard the the standard is what good things did you do for people today you know love is mm. actively doing things for other people and going above and beyond um and so that's kind of been my mantra uh throughout this year because uh, i discovered it right at the start there and i just thought okay i'm gonna have to you know really learn this and so i prayed to god the day before uh the campus came after this i said god loving people does not come naturally to me it just you know it's a human nature and not only that but i i just am naturally defensive against people and so i kind of push people away i said love does not come naturally to me god you're gonna have to teach me how to love and i should have prayed that because next minute i got six kids or five kids of many campers that i'm responsible for and I've never had to be responsible for kids before, you know, like this is, this is a, a first for me. And so suddenly I've got these five kids and they're primary school age and they want to do everything, but you know, I, I can't, I literally cannot let them leave my sight. And so it, it just got so exhausting, like probably, I don't know, on the fourth or fifth day, I completely slept through, I think the mail call. Because I just fall into bed. I was like, oh, I'll just take a quick nap. And then, boom. And then when my canvas comes, Christopher, Christopher, what? You missed Melkor. Wow. What's next? Oh, it's an activity now. I'm like, oh, let me sleep. But, like, uh, and I say this not to, 
boast about myself, but not once during that week did I ever say something mean to a kid or get like a bit short with them, you know? And about after day two, uh, I just, I was thinking out loud and just thought, this is not me. This is so <laughs> not me. <laughs> like, this is all God. Because if I was doing this just by myself, 10 minutes in, you know, I would have said something snarky to a kid. Like, Christopher, can I go to the toilet? I don't know, Billy. Can you go to the, you know, <laughs> you know, like, I totally would have done that. But I got to the end of the week and I just thought, I haven't been myself almost, you know, God has really, it's all God's love that was in me that I was able to give. It was nothing of myself. And I just found it so uh, powerful, uh, just having God really give me that ability to show that love to these kids. And it really taught me something that I really wanted to emulate. And even, um, just through the shit opportunities I was able to help a lot of um my campers in like a really uh personal way and on their spiritual journey it was really cool so I really enjoyed that and then uh I guess one quick thing uh I I was so nervous the first day as well because I knew Kira I knew a few other people but I didn't know many of the people there and so I was actually really nervous (laughs) and I'd been asked to give my testimony, I think, in two days' time. But the night I arrived, someone comes up to me and says, Hey, uh, we need someone to do a testimony tonight. Can you do it since we were rostered on? I just go, Oh, sure. And I hadn't written it yet, because here I am thinking I've still got two more days, you know. So I've got like an hour, probably not even that, and I share my testimony about how I got here, which, as I said at the start, is just a, a long series of events that I won't explain here, but... I told this story of the random way that I even ended up at a summer camp I didn't want to be at in the first place. <laughs> um, and then at another dinner time, uh, the, our new um, head of youth ministry, uh, Dana Howard, he sits down next to me and you know, he introduces himself. And this girl I'm sitting next to who's having lunch, she just goes, did you hear his testimony the other day? And he just goes, no, I didn't. He goes, you got to tell me now. And she walks off, she's finished her lunch, and so I ended up just sharing my story with him. And at the end of it, he just goes, that's crazy that you're even here. And I go, yeah, I know, I don't want to be here. (laughs) You know, like, I'm not supposed to be here. (laughs) Um, And he just... (laughs) Well, yeah, kind of. (laughs) He will be from now on. I, I, I should preface, I should say... I didn't want to be there, but now I'm actually really disappointed that uh, I can't be there this year. Um, I've got a conflicting schedule, but I really wanted to, actually, because my whole experience there was amazing. But, yeah, I just basically said to him, like, yeah, I'm not supposed to be here. And he says to me, you've got a call for ministry. Uh, And then he just goes away, and then the next day he comes up to me and he says, I need someone to run uh, a storm co, uh, which Jesse mentioned later. And basically, Stormco is we go into a community and we serve people for about a week or two. He goes, I need someone through a Stormco for our North New South Wales Big Camp. And for those who don't know, Big Camp is basically where all the people from the churches in North New South Wales, they come together and spend time for a week. And it's just like a, a good opportunity to get to meet people and catch up. So it's a huge amount of people. And we were going to run a Stormco in the local area. 
And I, I just thought, no way. Like, again, I'm not supposed to be here. What, what is going on, you know? And, <laughs> but through all of these random circumstances, um, he asked me, and so I accepted it. And uh, Jesse and Kira were there. They were some of my, like, leaders who helped me uh, working at the car wash. And <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we did we did a whole lot. Jesse, I don't know, like, you and your team, you, like, really went to work on someone's garden, right? Like, they had, it was full of weeds or something. Or... Yeah, the kids loved it as well. We kept hacking it. <laughs> yeah, so, and we had a lot of kids, didn't we? Like, I think our mm. first day is obviously our biggest, but we had, like, how many kids do you reckon we had? Seventy. Oh, hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, something like that. Almost hundred. Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. just say shy of a hundred. It was a massive event, um, and so that was that was a really big. And then uh, just to quickly list off a few other opportunities, the the Bibles for Kenya campaign, which hopefully by the time this is released, the Bibles will be in the hands of the people now. Um, I got to work at Faith FM. Uh, I, I went. I ended up in Hamilton Church, uh, actually, and somebody there knew Mitchell and like, hey, we should try and get Mitchell to come to Hamilton. And so I was like, Mitchell Santa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, oh, I'm like best friends with him. Just, just let me ask him. I'll, I'll, I'll conscript him. <laughs> and so Mitchell and I ended up going to the same church, which is random. And so for me, yeah, it was the two big things that really uh, impacted me was just God giving me opportunities that I didn't really ask for, but that like he knew were good for me. Hmm. And also really, it was a huge learning experience right at the start of the year for me about love and going above and beyond and then trying to carry that out through the year uh, through my relationship with God. So those are my two big yeah, takeaways from this year. Awesome. Uh, it's been it's been a good year, and I'm learning lessons. My my little uh, story is going to be one that hasn't got an ending yet. Uh, it's sort of like one that's it's it's open ended, but it's been good. Uh, <laughs> um, so it takes actually a little bit from each of your each of your experiences. So what Kira was saying about you know she's trying not to tie her personal value to her work, right? Well, mine is entirely, and I'm not saying it's a good thing, mine is entirely tied to my work, right? The things I do. Or the way people respond to the things I do. Entirely. Like, um, to the point where, it's like, it's like an addiction. It's, it's like, to the point where a positive comment will make me feel great, and then a, a negative comment will make me feel, like, really bad. And, you know, when you, when you, when you congratulate a dog, right, you, you say, good dog. They, they wag their tail and they're really excited and they might jump up and down. My dogs like scream out in happiness, like for example, um, and they might run up and down the down the house. Not just sorry, that's not just when I say good dog. Like, that's when you give them a good pat and stuff. Um, but I'm kind of like that. Like it just it just changes. Like I am I'm the dependent variable in 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 the equation, right? It's like I can be so easily changed by what people say about me. Or, or even just like how people respond to the things I do. Um, an example is when I write articles or when I, you know, when I'm involved in any sort of ministry. It's like it's a it's a real fight for me to not let that boost me up. And it's not that like 
I mean, it started off me saying to myself, oh, I'm sinning against God if I become really proud about the stuff I do. And, and, and I've realized it's not, it's not about that at all. It's not it at all. Like, it's not like God's angry at me for being proud of myself. Um, it's more that he's worried, not worried. He's, he's, yeah, he's worried about me. He's saying, like, if you let yourself become proud about this, then you're putting your worth in this. And so when things go bad, you're going to be miserable. Don't do it, man. Like, it's me that's written this for you, man. Or, or it's me that's been doing this through you. Trust that and let that be the let that be your happiness. Don't don't put your happiness in this because it it's temporal. It's gonna fall apart. Um, anyway, and so that's putting your pride in your works, putting your value in your works comes with many ups and downs. Uh, and what I'm realizing is that Jesse, what Jesse's talking about from his year is probably what I'm leading into. That's probably what God's taking me into now is taking just a step back and letting letting him lead, letting him just. Put me where he wants me. Uh, the sermon, all right. The sermon that I heard a few, a couple, oh, like last weekend at Coffs Harbour Church, which is my home church. Oh, well, it's my growing up church. Was um, by Pastor Will Mawala. Is that how you say his last name? Mawala. Pastor Will Mawala. He looks like a koala, but just like really tall. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, anyway, the, the sermon was titled, Sit Before You Serve. And it was like, all right, well, I mean, I was just sitting there and I was like, yeah, all right, God, that's kind of, I know that's what you're saying. You know, I know that's what you've been saying to me all year. And I know that's what you want me to do. Um, and I've sort of been resisting that. Like I've, I think six months ago, I knew that God wants me to like step back a little bit and just start, you know, just listen to him first. Well, the sermon was talking about Mary and Martha uh, when they met Jesus, when they had Jesus at the house. And Martha was running around getting all the pots and pans and making dinner. And, uh, you know, she got real mad at Mary because Mary was sitting and listening at Jesus' feet. Um, and Jesus just said to her, but Martha, what are you missing out on? Um, you know, just come and get that one thing that's important. Uh, and that was kind of, like, that's kind of been my year it's been a running around trying to do everything i can for god's work and if those people that can't see i'm doing that thing with your fingers where you bend them um and i don't know what that's called anyway um but i've been running around doing that and it's like when you're running around too much you don't get a chance to sit and learn from god so i've been really missing that that you know just relationship with god through all this work i'm doing for god i'm doing that finger thing again um there, that's the one. Thank you, Christopher. Um, through all that work I've been doing, it's like I haven't been getting anything myself. And you know, you get things here and there. But uh, one thing that happened was towards the end of the year, I went away for a while. So it's like it reminded me of Christopher's article about Elijah. Uh, I sort of just—it was like I felt like I was running away from everything. Like I'd been. Pushing, I've been working really hard. I've been doing everything I could to make myself good. And I had reached the point where I wanted to give up. And so I ran, uh, I felt like I was running away. I was going away for a placement, but I felt like I was running away. Um, and I had about a month away, like remote, out, out in Broken Hill, uh, which is quite a distance away from where I was living. And when I got there, I said to myself, I'm not going to speak about 
religion or God once. I'm just going to try and be nice. Um, and so I was living in this house with my housemates and like the full three weeks went by and it was like, you know, I was just being nice and it was, it was nice because I was making friends and like, um, you know, they liked my company and a couple of times they found out that I went to church because I was going to church there on Saturdays. And three weeks went by and nothing happened. And then the fourth week happened and, um, it was like, I didn't do anything, but one of my housemates just started, oh, like some stuff happened. So, she, uh, something was taken, something was stolen from her. And I just said, Hey, I, well, I can pray if you want. And I prayed. And then it was returned like a few minutes later, you know, 10 minutes later. Um, and the thing that I remember is just before she got the call saying it was returned, uh, I was talking to God and I was like, I know you have your hands over this. And, and then I had this thought, this is as much a test for me as it is for her. You know what I mean? Like me having faith that I prayed and God heard it and he will answer it according to his will. Um, it's as much a test for me to teach me something about God as it was for her to teach her that God exists. Um, and as soon as I realized that, it's like, oh, here it is, it's back. Um, my work was done, both on you and her. Um, and that, anyway, that was cool. And it basically taught me, you know, there's something to sitting down and listening and learning. And uh, that's my challenge for the next lifetime, is let's sit down and just stop. And, and through realizing, it's, it's actually an, it's a, it's a thing of faith for me, because I've spent my life working and working and working to build myself up to be worth something. And it's, a, it's stepping out in faith for me to stop, to sit back and just stop and listen to God and let him do his thing. Um, so, yeah, anyway, it's kind of got an ambiguous ending to it because we'll have to find out what happens. But... Hey. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, maybe we'll get a conclusion in the 2019 podcast. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll quickly share two observations I had just from listening to everyone, and then feel free to chime in, guys. The first thing I noticed just from all of our stories was that um, all of these have an element of an their ongoing um, trials or struggles or whatever it is that we each shared. Like, uh, Jesse, you referred to, like, ministry and your place in it and, you know, burnout. Uh, Mitchell, you're talking about, you know, where you see your value. Uh, Kira, you were talking about, like, just, you know, the trials that keep coming. Like, you know, trials never really stop coming. And I was like, I'm still working on love. Like, all of these things were their ongoing procedures. It, uh, I think, in a sense, all of our <laughs> stories were kind of open-ended. Not to detract from your open-ended story, Mitchell, but, like, um, they're all open-ended in that we're all still works in progress. Um, and I think the other thing we all said at one point in that was this isn't me, this is God in me. Uh, and that's really the driving factor behind that ongoing process. Because if, if we were just doing this by ourselves, like, not much would get done. Very little would get done, or the inverse, like, we would take steps backwards. But I think we all said at one point in our kind of stories, you know, because God has been in me, I've been able to work in these areas or you know the, the holy spirit's been 
uh, really working on my heart to improve uh, these spiritual areas in my life. So I found that really interesting. And I think it should be encouraging for our listeners at home as well that like, if you're expecting to have something nailed down, you know, by the end of a year, it, maybe it can, you know, I don't want to limit God. Maybe it can, but also recognize that maybe it might take longer, you know? Uh, this is a year in recap review and here, here we all are saying he was the start of my year and mm. I, I've, I've made, you know, progress, but <laughs> it's still going right. You know, like to change who you are, like fundamental parts of you and your identity and like your, your, uh, you know, your structure of values that takes a long time to change. So, um, I think our, our listeners should be encouraged that whether it takes you a short time or a long time, as long as you're doing it with God, you'll be doing it in his time. And that means that you'll be on the right path. Yeah, did you guys have any other thoughts after listening to all of our That was a talks? great recap. I think it was a good summary of what we didn't know we were going to share. Uh, like we, we didn't know we were all going to share the <laughs> yeah. same sort of thing, but... Uh, Cool. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, uh, that basically brings us to the end of our Christmas special. How how heartwarming was that, guys? Was that was that was that was nice to my soul. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, thank you uh, so much, everyone, for coming onto the podcast and really being open and sharing all the things that God's done for you and your spiritual experiences. So to all our listeners at home, go follow all these different people. Um, go check out all the articles that we've suggested and uh, go listen to the podcasts that we've recommended. You can find us on Facebook as well. Check out our Facebook page and basically anywhere you can get podcasts will be there. So from all of us here at the Upper Seven Podcast and Mighty Warrior Ministries, uh, we are just wishing you a Merry Christmas.